What up, guys? Welcome to the new American Dream Podcast. I am your host, George Gibson. All right, let's get started. Before we get into today's show, I just want to um, tell people like my story. Basically, you know, deep down inside when I was working my job, I had dream aspiration of being a real estate investor. I could see it. I envision it. But when I talked to the people at my job and my friends and family, they said, George, you're crazy. George, that don't make sense. You can't do that. But guess what? They don't have your vision. So what I want people to do from now on is trust your inner instincts. Follow your gut feeling. Move with the universe. Move as one. And when you do that, everything usually works out for your best. Don't leave all that stuff, you know, your your dream aspiration built up while you're working a job and you never actually get to go chase your goal. Because I'm telling you, once you start chasing something, it's like a magnet. It comes towards you. I'm telling you from experience. But that's just to get you ready for this episode because today's episode, we have a guest who started real estate kind of late. They just picked up the book while he was over in Afghanistan. He started reading and learning about real estate. And he took action. They both took action. And what I mean by that, they discovered they don't like this. They do like that. But if you don't never take action, you don't know what you do and don't like. So with this episode, it's definitely it's great for somebody who's still on the cliff, just like thinking about stepping off, but they don't want to step off. Because today's episode, we got a special treatment. You get to actually watch a live deal. We go through and see how they look at deals. Is it a good deal or a bad deal? And we find a deal. So you understand what an investor look for when to when purchasing a property. So if you want to see that, you know, video, you would go to YouTube, George Do Real Estate. All right, let's get it. All righty, welcome to the show. We have Richard and Melody. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, how you doing, George? Oh, pretty good. All right, so we got a great show tonight. Um, just let listeners know a little bit about what you guys do and who you are, like what's your business? All right. Can you take this one? Oh, sure. <laughs> so um, we're married. We have four kids and um, we had no background in real estate. And um, I was I was in uh, Afghanistan and had some time in the evening and uh, I started reading books and uh, kind of got into uh, some of the Rich Dad books and then uh, some of the Bigger Pockets podcasts and uh, came back and I was like, hey, we, we got to get into this. <laughs> and um, she was not excited at first. No, I was not. She's excited now. Yes. She's very excited now. Right. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's a little convincing. What do you think? Yeah, so it, it took us a while to, uh, took him a while to convince me um, to get started in real estate. But um, yeah, so like he said, we, uh, we live in Huntsville, Alabama and we have four kids and a crazy puppy. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, okay. that's who we are. <laughs> All right. So, um, we'll start with you, Richard. far as like, I know you, you say you read the books and got into real estate, but far as growing up, what kind of childhood would you say you had? Like, did you see like your parents had real estate or how did you grow up? No, um, parents didn't have, parents didn't do real estate. Um, my only child had a great family. Um, no, they made sure that, um, you know, we had what we needed and then, you know, they, they really paid attention. They were like, okay, this, this kid likes, uh, business. So, you know, they helped me, you know, set up little businesses in the yard. We sold like golf balls in the neighborhood. We could find them and then clean them up and resell them to the golfers after they'd lost them in the water hazards. 
and then uh, so yeah I mean they, they were like okay you know, he wants to do some business stuff let's help him try to figure out how and um, so so yeah just a great family and um, real right. estate is the business we ended up doing mm-hmm. okay what about you Melvin? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the oldest of four children and, um, my parents did not do real estate either. Um, I lived in the, the same house here in Alabama, um, since I was two years old, um, middle, middle income family. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of my background. Okay. What I was going to say, um, did, basically I want what I'm trying to get to is did your parents talk to you about money as far as like when you was younger or just like you be a kid and you'll figure it out when you get grown? Um, I mean, they, they talked to us about, uh, you know, saving money and, um, you know, my parents were always very, um, you know, they, they had some debt you know, they had a mortgage on the house, but they were always like, you know, if you can get out of debt, that's, uh, um, that's a great thing. And, uh, yeah, when we got married, um, we got on the, the Dave Ramsey. Oh, man. Like, Dave. Yeah. You put me on the plan. I did. I did. She did. <laughs> um, so, plan. yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to tell him how I destroyed your car. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. The, uh, so, so, yeah, right after we got married, so, um, you know, she had a paid-off car. And uh, I had just gone out. and yeah, It wasn't anything fancy, but I bought a car, and it had a loan on it. And uh, I took her car out, and uh, I took it down to Louisiana right after a hurricane, and um, basically destroyed her paid-off car. And um, so right after that, uh, I got on the Dave Ramsey plan. <laughs> so she had the the book, the seven baby steps, and everything. Yes. And uh, yeah, so she put me on a plan. And, wow. Um, it very, worked. Very frugal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so did so did you guys have the money envelopes, or no? We did for a while, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, we did. We did. Oh, man. I can, for some reason, that's the one part. I can't stick to a budget. Like, if I had an envelope say groceries, 150 <laughs> for, the, for the month, oh, man, I'll be struggling. Yeah, now, you know, I do admit there were a few times I got up there to pay for my groceries and uh, didn't quite have enough to cover it. And I pulled out that debit card. <laughs> but, you know, Cheater. I'm trying. I, I don't. I know. I cheated. I did. I cheated some <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, you guys got on a day rent plan. So, that's the first step to even buying houses. Um, people, you must, you got to start saving first to even invest. So, tell us, um, before we go to the first deal, but did you guys go to college after high school or was it like workforce? I went to a small community college. Um, I got my associate's degree and uh didn't keep going after that. That was it for me. Okay. What about you? No college? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I went to Clemson. So oh, you went to Clemson. Okay. Yeah, Clemson fan. Are you one of those, like, you're from Florida. Are you one of those, like, Seminole fans? Uh, I'm not a big Seminole. I, I like the Hurricanes, Miami Hurricanes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay, so did you get, what's your degree in? I, uh, finance and computer. Okay, finance and computer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really use them all that much. Right. So, and, yeah. and and that's that is the um I guess that's like the new American dream way. People got degrees but don't really use them because they once I got them I got an accounting degree and once I got out of college, 
it, I don't know. I didn't want to be in the office all day. So it only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So take us to your first real estate deal. You, you was reading all these books on uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Listen to Bigger Pockets. Dogs here. Yeah. Oh, man, I got the dog in here. Dogs here. What did the first deal look like for you guys? So the, um, like, like when she says we, we did the, the Dave Ramsey plan and we, we did the plan, we, we paid off everything. Right. Um, it took a lot of time deployed, just taking that deployment money and like paying off the house. And um, so we, we went all the way through the step where you pay off your the house, primary residence. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> know. So, it took almost two years in Afghanistan and Iraq to, uh, to put that together. Yeah. And, um, the, the thing that, the thing that got me though was, um, you know, it always says at the end, the, uh, it's like when you pay your house off, you know, it, it describes it as like the grass feels greener. And I was like, man, it doesn't feel any different. <laughs> I was like, we're, we're still doing the same thing. And, um, so that's when we decided to buy a fourplex. Yes. Um, so you so said, just, hold on. So you said after you paid off all your debt, your credit cards, cars, and car and house, it didn't feel like a load of weight was off your shoulders? No. I mean, a little bit, but it didn't feel that different. Um, Doing real estate feels different. It does. Yeah, we yeah. love real estate. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So we we did not we decided not to get started in real estate until we had paid off our house. Correct. Oh so, no. I don't think yeah. we would do it that way again. I don't I think, think we so. kind of talked about that. We wouldn't right. necessarily do it that way. No. Um, because we could have gotten started a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, we would have done the house hack. Like, you know, before we had kids, we would have bought a fourplex and lived in one unit. We just didn't know. Yeah. You know, right. we didn't know. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> So our first deal was a fourplex. Okay, um, all right. How did how did you find this fourplex? We found it on the MLS. Okay, you had a really good realtor get you a fourplex. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they. You can't find them now. They're just yeah, they're impossible gone. to find. They're but uh, this was 2017. Um, okay. There were, I don't know, a few on the market. Not many, but. You could still find them. Okay, so you, you bought a fourplex. All right, let's see. Um, you bought this fourplex. What were you? Are you? Did you live in one or just rent the whole thing out? Renting the whole thing out. Oh, you guys rent the whole thing out. Yeah. Okay. So you, we we have, we have four kids and yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, if we were if we were doing it again. Yeah, if we started younger. Yeah, if we know <laughs> now, we wouldn't have tried to pay off our house. Uh, we would have started, you know, like like a FHA loan on a fourplex. And just lived in yeah, the like house, house hacking. House hacking. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. For some people who are just getting into real estate, just get, like you said, if you were to start it sooner, explain what a house hack is for a person who maybe don't have a family yet and they're thinking about getting into real estate. Okay. Yeah. There's several different ways you can do it. Um, the one Richard just mentioned is you could buy a multifamily, you could buy a duplex, triplex, um, fourplex, and you could live in one unit and then rent out the others. Um, you could also do that with a house where you rented out the bedrooms um, or the basement. So it's basically just, you are living in the property, 
um, so you can get better rates on mortgages, um, you know, with a low down payment. And it's a great way to get started in real estate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is harder to find them now. There's a duplex, yeah. fourplexes. But I think that's like if you maybe don't have kids yet, that's definitely the best way to get started in real estate because you get practice at being a landlord. Awesome. Right. And, you know, those super low down payments. I mean, that that is great. And then you can turn that one into um, a rental once you move out and then you can just do it again and build up momentum that way. Um, oh. So, yeah. Okay. So when you guys bought this uh, fourplex, did you have to fix it up or was it um, already like turnkey, ready to go? Yeah. So that fourplex almost killed us. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Like I didn't have really any skills with rehab right. at the time. And that's one thing I was looking at your Instagram. Like it looks like like you do investing, but you'll also get hands on, right? I'm like the movies. I make it I, I make it look good. I don't really know okay. how to do it. I don't I'm not good with the like the tools. I spend a I feel like I spend too much money paying other people to do stuff I wish I knew how to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, like, I'm kind of doing that, too. Like, I'll, I'll learn as we go, and the contractors will show me some stuff, and I'll get some tools and, you know, kind of learn as we go. And then, you know, it, it makes it better when we're figuring out estimating our rehab costs. But, man, when we got that fourplex, like, I didn't know anything. The guy uh, yelled at me. He was like, hey, turn the water off at the street. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've got no idea what you said. Um, like, I saw a hole in drywall. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be bad there's this hole in the wall and the guy looked at me like i was a moron he's like well we'll, we'll patch the hole well i could do that no you know i didn't know yeah. um so we had no idea um we, we knew we weren't going to self-manage um but one of the tenants met me the first day and um and she got like everything from me the um i was working on one of the units right she just started walking through. She was like, I like that fridge better than mine. I want it. So I was like, okay, I'll give you this fridge. And I like took the fridge out, put it on the dolly and like called it over. And she was just going through. She was like, Hey, those pots and pans that tent left. I want those. Like she was clearing me out <laughs> and it didn't stop for like two years. Oh um, man. Yeah. Like I just didn't know. And right. um, there was, there was a, there was a really horrible day. We bought one. It was near my, my nine to five. Um, and the tenant moved out and I went over and um, I wanted to see how they'd left it. And I walked in the door and there was a no kidding like water ball coming through the ceiling. Because <laughs> uh, they wow. had disconnected the washer upstairs and like left it running and it went through the vents and then found a hole in the vents and just came straight down through the drywall. And the oh man, I would have had a heart yeah. attack. Oh, I didn't mean, I, like, I, I have, like, like, I've got disorders with right. water now. Like, if I hear water running or there's anything, it was, it was just bad. So, that oh, four like, that one broke us in. Um, right. It was tough. So, all, all four units were vacant? You had to fix them up? Or what? I wasn't. I think one yeah. one was occupied when we bought it yeah only one i don't want to say i don't want to say anybody's name yeah, professional yeah. but you remember yeah you i remember, remember. Yeah. right okay yeah, only one unit was occupied. Yeah. oh i have to go to court in october 
for a uh, a fourplex that I still that we've sold. We we sold the fourplex. Right. And um, the city hasn't discovered that it, their records haven't caught up, and I'm still getting all these notices, and I keep directing them to the new buyer. But finally, I just have to go to municipal court to like settle everything. So I'm like, okay, that's what yeah. it takes. The city's wow. kind of wow. picky. They're like, they send yeah. a notice. Oh, hey, there's a there's a mattress out here by the side of the street, and you get written up for it. Well, we don't own it anymore, but we're still getting the notices, and he still has to go to court. Over wow, it. that's okay. <laughs> do, do what you got to do, you know. Wow, <laughs> I, so, I was I was getting them notices too my, when I bought my first duplex. You can't put the trash can on the. They pick up on Thursday, so you can't put it out on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> That's like, a terrible wow. rule. Yeah, but um, I guess they try to keep the value of the neighborhood up. But all right. Yeah. All right. And, I mean, we don't want to scare people off like no. four plexes. It, like it's just you know some people, you know, they're like yeah, multifamily is the way to go, and it's just all you know it might be, and for a lot of people it is. It's just like after that we decided like like just in our area like right. single family is what we like it's just us okay. but yeah the the fourplex was just like that like that that was how we cut our teeth man that's what, we, what what was what was the purchase price of the fourplex 169 169 and what each what two bedroom one bath one bedroom what is it uh, two bedroom, one and a half bath. Oh, oh my. affordable in Alabama, by the way. When we say we pay off our house, like things are affordable in Alabama. Wow, one sixty nine for a fourplex, like yeah. You have a big fight over that right now here in Florida. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, and I mean, that's one thing that's great about where we live. Like, it's a nice, it, like, like we like the area. Uh, but it, it's it's affordable and that's nice. You know, I've got friends that live in uh, California and they're like, man, all I do is commute and work and I'm not, all I'm doing is paying rent. Right. It's okay, like, I can't afford to have one kid and I can't afford to buy a house because everything's so expensive. And you know, like, I, I tell people in Florida here too all the time that like, did it go out? I hear you. Okay. No, uh, here in Florida, it's, the, it's getting more expensive. And I try to tell people that it's other places in the world, because I'm from originally from North Carolina. Um, it's a small town called Oxford. It's real small, but it's so cheap. Like literally, I think I can live off $500 a month there because it's, it's a small town. It's just not as expensive as it is in Florida. But people don't realize it if you lived in California your whole life, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Since you figured out you like single families, your next purchase was a single family house? Yes. Yes. Uh, so we we started going to the local REI meetups, and right. Richard found a contact for us who was a um, property manager, and he was basically our mentor, and he taught us about foreclosure options, um, the ones at the courthouse steps. Right. So um, he went with me. You know, we went to one kind of like a practice. Uh, just to show me how it went and then uh, he went with me on this one that that we wanted that I was gonna bid on and he right. um, you know, just kind of taught me the ropes and kind of helped me because you can't you can't go inside of these properties, properties. Right. Um, you're buying it I mean you can look at the outside and peek in the windows if it's vacant but you really like we, I couldn't see the bathrooms I couldn't see the kitchen so 
you know, he kind of helped me, you know, here you look at the, the HVAC and look at the roof and, you know, just assume worst and case on the inside. And we came up with a, a max bid. Right. I went and nobody bid against me. So um, I got it for a dollar over the uh, starting bid price. That's, that's and, a perfect auction right there. Yes, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like that anymore. Um, real estate here is really picked up. So when you go, there's there's going to be a fight. Yeah, that's 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 all around the world now. I think like real estate became like uh, the NFL. It's like a popular sport now. Because even my first auction deals, like it'd be like five, six people there. But now right. it's 30, 40 people there. I can't even come close to winning. It's crazy. Yes. But um, okay. So you bought his next property at, at an auction. Yes. Did, okay, you can't look in the inside of it. So when you um, finally got the keys to go inside, how bad was it? You know, it really wasn't that bad. Um, right. It was a big house, which maybe was not that smart for our first one. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, for a rental, it was um, 2,500 square feet, four bedroom, three bathroom. Yes. So just it needed new flooring throughout and just the flooring on that one you know the that price hurt but it it really wasn't bad it needed um paint flooring um what we put in new toilets and some, you know light fixtures we did some work in the kitchen carpet in the bathroom it, the did, it had carpet in the bathroom it was nasty wow. <laughs> um and then there was Oh, we did have to put in a second um, HVAC because there was an addition. So, you know, that cost a little more. But, I mean, it ended up, we, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, it was, it was in decent condition. Right. So, so all right. Because on Instagram, you are uh, Mama Beat Bird. Yes, so, Mama <laughs> Bird. So, all right, let's see. So, did you bird this house or how did you yes. purchase this house? Okay. Yes. So, all right, tell people what the burr is before you explain how you burr this house. Okay, so the burr strategy is, um, it's B and then four R's. So it's buy, um, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. Repeat, right. So, um, so yeah, we, but yeah, we bought that one. Um, like I said, we had paid off our primary residence. So we got a, he a HELOC on it. Right. So that's how we were able to go to the auction and bid on these properties because you have you have to pay cash. Cash, right. Um, so we took the money from the HELOC on our primary and, and purchased. purchased that one. Yes. Oh, okay. So you purchase it, you rehab, and then, yes. and uh, then rent it. Rent it out. Yeah. Okay. After you rent it out, this is the part I got stuck at. I'm actually still stuck because of COVID. Okay. I did my first burn, and when I went to go uh, refinance, they said, oh, you must have owned the property for six months before, six months. Right. before yeah. you refinance. So I I'm know. like, oh, man, all this bigger pockets I listened to, and nobody ever said that part. <laughs> yeah, that, that is so hard because you, you're, you know, you're excited because you, you want to keep going and do it again, but you have to wait six months for that seasoning period. We still. <laughs> so you still do that? Try that, yeah. Okay, because I talked to some people since then, um, and they said, I guess once you got a good relationship with the bank, 
maybe they won't let you make you wait the six months. But every bank I call so far, it got to be six months. Got to. Yeah, be some of them were twelve months, and then yeah. we found six months. Um, I mean, you know, we'll keep we'll keep looking and see if we can find maybe a smaller local bank. But right. for right now, we've got to wait the six months. Right. <laughs> okay. We did um, a hard money lender on one that like we, we found the deal and we got it like a renter in in like six weeks. We're like we can't wait six months. Right. Um, and we went through patch of land um, and everything went well. Um, it was at the time it was like six point three percent financing, thirty year fix, so we didn't have any arms or balloons or anything like that that you know add that risk. Right. And um. So that was a commercial. It was commercial. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they do hard money lending, but um, but yeah, they'll also do you know your traditional fixed rate stuff commercially. Correct. Um. So, but um, the the terms are a bit higher than commercial. But yeah, on the one that we were like, hey, we just we can't keep our money locked up for almost five months. We just end up doing a commercial loan. It didn't have a seasoning period. Oh, okay. So you did it within the six months. It just had to be a different commercial loan. Okay. Yeah, and it was just you know a higher percentage, but it was it was quick. Yeah. That's not bad, shoot. And then after six months, I refinanced that. <laughs> but uh <laughs> well that particular one you had an early payoff penalty yeah they so yeah, yeah. but but see three years okay okay see but i'm glad like you guys are saying that because instagram make it seem like everything you buy the house you fix it up the bank you a hundred thousand you only put a fifty thousand dollars in and it's a lot of times there's more to that that's why right. the only way to figure it out is to really go through it because there's no way you can read some of the stuff in a book, I don't think. Some of the no, things I, mean, I agree. Like we we listened to a bunch of podcasts and read it, and I just didn't get it. I was like, and until we did it, I just didn't understand the process, which sounds, you know, I, I guess that sounds risky. We knew we had a good deal, but mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it, it clicked after I looked at that final closing statement, and they gave us some cash back. I was like, okay, now I get it, because we we did have basically a perfect burr on the first one where we could actually take a tiny bit of money out. Wow. Um, so. So you so took yeah, out more, you, you could take out more than you actually put in if you wanted to, you said? Yes. Wow. That is a perfect burr. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It had the 1%, the you know, it, it rented for, it, it met the 1% rule. Right. And, and it, you know, we had just a little bit better than the 75 percent loan to value so we could get a little bit of cash out in addition to our you know the, the money we bought it with okay. so that, i mean that was the one that got us hooked yeah like she's she's got a really good eye for like like i don't have an eye for what people are going to look at and say yeah that's where i want to live and she really does okay and so you know that really helps so i i, I kind of feel like that's our, our edge like, you know, most of the multifamily, it's like, look, it's a box. Right. That's why I was like, I, I understand that. Like, that's a box to live in. Um, and, but the, there, there's so much about, you know, just the design and the appeal of a house that she can look at and she gets. Right. And then um, she can find the ones where she can see it. She's like, yeah, if we just, if we change some things, people are going to want to live here. And, All right. Um, so that's why we feel like single family is kind of our, 
niche. Okay, this take us into our new part right here. This the new segment is called uh, Real Life Deal. All right, <laughs> you guys are the first one to do it, so let's see how it works. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. All right, can you see my what's on my screen? Yes. You see a house? Yeah, I see a house. Okay, okay. All right, I just picked a random uh, city, and I picked two multifamily properties. I want to see, we're basically going through to show people how we look for deals. But based off the information I'm giving you, we see on the screen, let's see which deal will you go look at first. All right, we got the, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. This first one is a, it is a, a cash flowing duplex. Uh, both sides are three bedroom, two and a half bath. Uh, so it's six bedrooms, three bed, two baths on each side, basically. But 319,000. So that's a duplex for 319. All right. So the second one, the second one is a, what's it? What is this? This is a triplex. Uh, you see how I look? It's older house, but it's a triplex for $350,000. And it's one bedroom, one bath upstairs, one bedroom, one bath in the other unit. Then the main unit is two bedroom, one bath. So out of them two properties, which one would you, if I was your realtor, would you go look at first? Uh, this triplex for 350 or the duplex for 319. So I guess we don't know how much they rent for. <laughs> Not yet. We're going to dive Not into that. Yet. But based off the information, which one would you rather go see first? They think it's a better deal. You got the triplex for 350. Uh, it's built in 1925. And then you got this duplex that was built in 1984. Oh, man. 19. I think I would go with the newer one because those older houses can have a lot, unless, unless yeah. it's been renovated. No, um, you, you're gonna have to do renovation. Yeah, that that age of a house, that can be a lot of work. You see? And the, the, yeah, and the duplex is brick too, so. Yeah, it's got a better roof too. Looks sturdy. Yeah, that roof does look kind of old on the. Let's look at the, uh, this is the duplex. I. I'm thinking duplex. Yeah, right. I do the I do the '80s brick duplex. Okay, all right. Just for uh, because we don't know the numbers actually, so just for sake, we're gonna say each side is three hundred nineteen thousand dollars. Each side rent for twelve hundred bucks. So you're getting twenty four hundred dollars a month. All right, that is your rent. Right. Oh, what what is your, well. uh -huh. what? Is, <laughs> you're not making an offer on this. I forgot you guys are in Huntsville, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, so just for comparison, like the one that we bought at 169, right? It was bringing in 2200 in rent, like because each one rented for 500. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're on a on a multifamily. We're used to getting, like when I look at 319. You know the the one percent rule says I should be able to get three thousand one hundred and ninety dollars in rent. All right, and all right. That's but, a big spread. Okay, for for the, for the um for the listeners' sake, let's just say each unit rented for two thousand dollars each. Now you're looking at four thousand dollars a month for three bedroom, two bath each side. Would that? All right. Okay. Let's all right. Now, yeah. Now yeah, we're now. feeling better. <laughs> now now we're, now we're gonna get in the car. Hey hey, look, and this guy, you had to make him do real estate, right? Or no, you made her do real estate. No, he had to make me do real estate. Oh, but now he's now now we can get in the car. All right, so we got a deal yep. that 
We got a deal at all right, East Siren for two thousand dollars a month. So that's four grand. Your mortgage payment would be uh, based on this calculator. Would you? It'll be thirteen hundred dollars a month, including everything. So four thousand minus thirteen hundred. That is twenty. That's like twenty seven hundred. And that oh. yeah, and that's with a twenty percent down payment. Twenty percent down payment. Yes. Gotcha. So, like, based on cash flow, what do you guys aim for per unit right now? Yeah, it's so the, like, you know, we like the rule $100 worth of cash flow, but, you know, that's after everything comes out, you know, the principal, interest, taxes, insurance, and then we consider, like, you just take the rent and you just chop off 40% right up front for repairs and then your long-term like taking care of your roof, you know, that's not going to be an expense every month, right? Every 15 years, it's going to be huge. So, so we just take 40% off of the, the rent to cover expenses and repairs. Right. When we're doing our numbers and then okay. subtract out the mortgage payment and we hope to see a hundred dollars or better at door. And we have a property manager too. So, you know, they're getting, that's figured in there too. Yeah. Um, but I mean that, yeah, that's the, the minimum. We like to have a, uh, 1% um, of the, of the gross price. Yeah. Price. In, okay. in rent 1% and then at least a hundred dollars um, cash flow after everything. And after taking money out to save for, um, capital expenditures and just, you know, planning ahead roof HVAC, that. Okay. That was great. I think because most people who never bought a deal, they think they have to look like you can tell right off the back. No, I'm not buying that if it ran out for 2400 You know, you don't have to show me the deal. So that's how I am now too. It don't take much for me to even just say I wouldn't even look at it or think about buying it, you know? I would drive to Raleigh though. I said I wouldn't get in the car. I like North Carolina. <laughs> like I grew up in South Carolina. We'd go vacation in the mountains of North Carolina. So I would I take that back. So I just like Raleigh. I'd go there. <laughs> hey, look, you know why I chose Raleigh? Because that's where I really want to move at. So I was, oh, like, okay. I was like, let me look at, uh, see yeah. what they got there. Yeah. All right. So, all right. How is it, can you buy all this property and manage it? Or you're not managing, right? No, we're not managing. Okay. But either with the school, you're investing in real estate, not with school, with your kids. I just have, I have one son and it was tough getting ready for this. But you got four kids and you're doing real estate. <laughs> How do you balance that life? Ooh. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a lot. Um, and we, I homeschool. We homeschool too. Right. So the kids are here with us um, all day. Uh, we do have both sets of grandparents live here close by. So they help out a lot. Actually, they like to come out to the properties too and help us uh, do renovations. They wow. think that's a lot of fun. Um, and Richard is, you know, he's still working a full-time job. So we kind of, we kind of take two full-time jobs. Well, two, yeah. two jobs. Full-time, <laughs> full-time, part-time. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so I think we kind of take turns. Richard is really good at managing and kind of setting up, hey, we need the electrician to come in here. So I'm going to get him lined up and we need to get the plumber in here. And then I'm always looking for the next deal. Um, so I, I think 
So you find you find the deals, and then once you get them, he manage them. Or there keep, them keep them on track <laughs> at least a little bit. He keeps them on track. Right. Yes, and um, you know if there's design decisions, that's going to be me. But he's you know he's good at making sure that things stay on track and on schedule, and um, yeah. Got it. And, and you know the the kid question we oh, we sorry. just like oh no just backing up on the on the kid part we just like kids. Um, right. You know, four, four is it. We're done. Right. <laughs> we like kids, and um, you know, we we like including them in it. And they, you know, they have a good time. The um, like the last house. It, it's funny what people will will leave, and we'll we'll get the kids to help us with the clean out. Right. Um, but you know, they they found a violin in the last one, and wow. um, so you know they'll get excited, and some of the things that they'll uh, they'll hold on to, and some of them they'll sell or you know yard sale put on eBay, but um, you know, it's kind of fun to get the kids involved, load up the car and take them out there. So I know, I know, um, you know, kids are, you know, everyone who's got kids knows that, that you know, you got to put a lot of time in it to do it right. But, you know, they can get involved in it too and have fun. My, my daughter can run, she's nine, she can run an air gun, a sawzall, <laughs> she can caulk, like she's good. She better than me, it sounds like. <laughs> and we have that trained when we're out driving. I'm like, okay, kids, you know the drill. If you see any houses that have really tall grass and are looking, you know, kind of rough, you need to tell me, hey, mom, there's one. <laughs> so wow. We've got them trained to help us drive for dollars. Dang, that's crazy. <laughs> and they learn at an early date. All right, why do you, because I was always thinking about this too, homeschool. Why um, do you think, why do you choose homeschool over regular school, public school? Um, I think, you know, either is, is a fine option. Um, for me, I just know that, you know, I'm only going to have my kids with me for a certain number of years and then they're going to move off. And I just like to have them around and to be with them as much as I can. Um, I'll, we also really like the flexibility. Uh, Richard has deployed a lot right. and you know if we if he comes back let's say in November um, right. and we want to just take some time off if they were in school we wouldn't be able to pull them out for two or three weeks but with the homeschool it's very flexible um, you know we can take school with us or we can make it up later on if we need to take some time off and you know, We've also talked about maybe doing some overseas travel at some point where we go overseas, uh, you know, for a month or two at a time. And right. I know with the homeschool, we could just take our books with us and we're set. Right. So, so, so this, uh, like all the stuff going on in the world now is not affecting your schooling because they stay home <laughs> no. anyway. <laughs> it is not. My kids were mad when everyone was yeah, sent were. home due to COVID. They're like, Mom, why do we still have to do school? This is not fair. No breaks. <laughs> no breaks. No slack. <laughs> right. I think one of them can hear so, me. No slack. Know, yeah, I, I know there's been a lot of stress. Oh, are we going back to school? Are we not? I know schools right here where we are <clears throat> started back, but, you know, two cities over, they delayed by nine weeks. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so all right, we're coming down towards the end, but so think about this question. If not, just all right, what do you think your natural gift is? Like LeBron James' gift is playing basketball, Michael Jackson, 
is singing. What do you think you're uh, like automatic? You're just naturally good at it, whether you practice or not, you think? Mm. Suffering. <laughs> Suffering? Yeah. <laughs> what? Hold on. <laughs> I can just put up with a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. I get it. I thought about that today. But, like, real estate tried to beat me down a lot. And I'm like, you know what? This is, in the beginning, it was pretty awful. And, uh, you know, I, I can, I could just keep at it, even if it's pretty bad. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be really exciting, and I'm going to love it. And uh, not always like that. So, yeah, right. I can just I, put up with a lot. Yeah, I thought about it today because I'm like, a lot of people, you know, they be like, George, you buying how are you doing this and doing that? But I don't think people see the side where the deal fall apart or yeah. stuff go crazy. And it's like, I just tolerate more than the average person and don't let it overload. Like you said, you basically suffering or you feel like you're suffering, not really suffering, but you can handle I'm more really, pressure. really suffering. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun in the end. Like when it all works out, it's fun. But man, right. getting it, it can hurt. It can hurt. Right. So, all right. He, he thinks his, his gift is being able to withstand the, the trial, to take suffering, go through it. What yeah, about? That's a, better, that's a better way to put it. Thank you. Yes. All right. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. What about What about you, Mother? What is your natural God gift? You think to the world? <sighs> man, I don't know. Um, I <laughs> I like to think that I'm fairly adaptable um i think there are a lot of things that change in our lives um you know people like how, how can you how have you been able to put up with your husband going overseas oh, okay, <laughs> not yeah. put yeah. up with your husband. i was like really everyone's that <laughs> no, everyone no. my podcast how just took the dr phil show Edit. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> how do you manage when your husband is overseas? They're like, my husband leaves for the weekend, and I just, I, I, don't, <laughs> right. I don't know what to do. Things are falling apart. Um, and, of course, that's not easy, but, you know, give me a couple weeks, and I can get it figured out. And, yeah, and then, you know, he comes back home again, and we adapt again. Yeah. And, yeah, I yeah, no, she can really keep everything running absolutely when I'm gone, which is fantastic. I mean, I've got, I know a significant number of people whose, you know, spouse left them during an deployment, you know, and maybe it's only a year or maybe only, you know, six months and their, their spouse is just gone, you know, they get back in the house and it's awful. And um, so, you know, she's been able to keep everything running, you know, all the kids, um, she's basically bought and rehabbed the house while I've been gone. Um, and yeah, she can just keep it all going. So that's key. Wow. I mean, is that, I mean, both of them things are, that's like tremendous assets. That's great assets because going through all the stuff, I mean, managing the properties, you going away, uh, that is a lot. And then just the tenants complaints. Do you guys get the calls or is all the management? No, that all goes to the management. So they contact us uh, if there's any repair over, is it over 200? Yeah, over $200, they will contact us. Um, but for the little things, we, they don't call us. They just, so so they how, much, how much time on average a week you think you actually spend on your real estate? I would like to do a seven-day work week. I mean, none, none on the, 
I mean, like, like one, we really like our property manager. Like we had to go through three that did not work out before we found number four. Okay. And um, that was the key because it was just like a constant battle. And then, you know, we would, we'd tell them like, Hey, you know, if, if, if it doesn't work out after X amount of time, you know, we're just going to close this account and move on. And uh, we had to do that over and over. And um, the, the one that Melody mentioned earlier, who was kind of our mentor, he owned a property management company. Okay. And um, once we had a good relationship, you know, I, we'll, we'll check the, the numbers at the end of the month. And if there's something that we don't understand, we'll call. But like, we really like them and we right. make sure they know it because we, we understand how painful it is with a bad property manager. <laughs> I don't even say bad. Property manager that doesn't mesh with the way you work. You work, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we'll drop off presents uh, at the office and um, yeah, because they, they put up with a lot, man. They do. Especially during, you know, there's, especially during COVID. Right. They, they, So once, you know, once we finish the, um, the rehab and we turn everything over to the property manager, we really don't put much time into it. But as far as <clears throat> finding, you know, buying and, and rehabbing them, I think it also kind of depends on where we are in life. Because um, when we first started, we didn't have the fourth child yet and we were more hands-on. So we were over there on the week. There you go. On the weekends, and we would go over sometimes in the evening. Um, but now uh, we're we're not doing much of the rehab ourselves anymore. Right. Um, we still do some, but you know, and we go out and look at the properties before purchasing. And what else are we out there for? You're just meeting with the contractors. Right. So. So what what is your plan for the next? Like, what's your goal, like, for the next five years? Like, where do you want to be at five years from now? That is a tough one. We listened to some of your podcasts, and Melody warned me. She was like, you might ask. <laughs> five years. Five years ahead. Yeah. Like, because you know what? A lot of times when I think about something ahead, it actually becomes reality. Like, you know, I picture myself not working at 95, and now I don't work at 95. Nice. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> the man. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things, you know, you talk it and you keep saying it so much. It just, for some reason, it feels like it happened. You know, if you keep saying something, I feel like you kind of talk it into existence. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for right now, we've got a goal to get to 10, uh, 10 rentals. We have seven right now. Um, and after that, do y'all still do no debt or do you use debt for the rent? Oh, no, no, when we refinance oh, yeah. them. Yeah, no. We, oh, okay, okay, so, okay. We, so, yeah, we were really into the Dave Ramsey plan. And now that we're doing real estate, we're, we're fine with the <laughs> process. You know? Yeah, real estate debt is okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how we do it. Exactly, yeah. All right, these are the, like, fave five New American Dream questions. Just simple, quick. All right. If you could hang out with one person for a whole day and pick that brand, who would it be? Man, uh, I, I, I got to say, um, 
I can say real estate old school. What's his name? What's his Rick real name? Rick Jarman. I, I, I can say Rick Jarman because yeah. like, like the, the same way I liked your account, I'm like, man, that, that guy can get hands on, you know, he knows how to just buy it and then hire somebody and say, do it all. Right. But if he had to, he could go out there and do it all. And I want to learn how to be like that. Yeah. Rick, that's that's the day with, with Rick. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's great. He, I had him on the podcast. He was like one of, when he first got on Instagram, he was on my podcast. He yeah, was like, what is a, what is a podcast? What is an Instagram? I'm like, <laughs> he, he got his granddaughter in there trying to say, you must have taught him because he's got the hang of it now. Yeah. Yeah. He got, yeah. He's got, he's probably got you to thank for it. Yeah. He, he took off now. All right. What about you, Melvin? Who would you um, hang out with? Oh, uh, I, I agree with Rick Jarman or um, maybe Brandon Turner. Um, bigger Pockets. Yes, bigger pockets, Brandon Turner. Mm -hmm. Out of all the people I asked, yeah, his name come up a lot. Him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Best advice you would have told yourself when you was 25 years old? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we kind of hit on that already. House hacking. House start hacking. Early. Start yeah. early in real estate. Yeah, we wish we had started, started a lot sooner. Yep. Right. Blame Dave Ramsey. All right. Um, <laughs> One book, one book that impacted your uh, life. The um, like, you know, I know, I know. Everybody says rich dad, and um, like immediately after, um, I read rich dad. The thing is, I like, I love the mindset, but it gives you zero like tactical advice. Correct. And uh, I immediately went out and lost uh, lost money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I was like, okay, so Rich Dad, and then like I like all the books that go like like Rich Dad's great for getting my head right. But right. Then going into the books like the the Jay Scott uh, How to Make Estimate Repair Costs. Okay. Like, that one gives you that. You know, it's boring. It's it's a really boring read. It's like fun to read Rich Dad because you're like, yeah, I get it. Get out of the rat race, you know, get charged up. But then without something like those books that really get into the details, like how do you estimate, you know, the cost to repair a roof, you know, not that's this is dangerous. I feel like so you got to have both. Yeah, that's my my favorite book is how to get rich in real estate. It's an old book. I got it. But it does exactly what you said. But rich Dad, Poor Dad is a mindset. But even after that, it's the next step, you know, the actual numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, same for you or a different book? Um, yeah, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think, is a great place to start. And since I'm Mama Burr, I have to say <laughs> David Green's yeah. Burr book. Oh, Burr book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that All one's right. full of, you yeah. know, it's full of the numbers and technical exactly. stuff. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What hobbies outside of real estate do you guys do? So I like to sew. I'm a seamstress. Um, if it's fall, I right. like to get outside and um, let's say playing with the kids. Um, and I don't know, craft, crafty type thing. Craft. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like to play outside. Uh, we got a mountain nearby, and um, you know, go go mountain biking. Um, do you live near the beach? Do you live near? Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm on the East Coast. We're like seven minutes from the beach. Yeah, yeah, like Vero Beach, I think. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I grew up uh, in South Carolina, about 20 miles from the beach. So, you know, it's a long way from Huntsville, Alabama to get to the beach. But, um, you know, just, just love that. Get outside, get in the water, you know, have a good time. I, I work inside most of the time. So if you, if you cut me loose, you know, I don't want to get outside. Right. Do you feel like the outdoors uh, get your brain to think more or no? Oh, yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, and my, my bosses are the, the same way. They're like, look, if you just if you just sit inside, you know, you don't think creatively. Like, you know, sometime you got to get out. Just yeah. clear your head and then you'll have some, you know, you'll, you'll, that problem is just churning in the back of your head. And when you're done, you know, you go for a, go for a run or a bike ride or something. And all of a sudden you get back and you know what to do. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's too much noise inside sometimes, especially with the phone. Too yeah. much. Okay, so what is you guys' version of the new American dream? The the old original American dream was I would be still working my job at the post office until I'm 63, and then I'll probably retire and travel for a year, and then eventually probably just have a stroke or something, you know? But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's true. It's sad. <laughs> people die like two or three years after they retire. You know? Man, it's so common. Man, it's like they be like, such a Bob retired. Oh, Bob funeral next week. What? You know what I mean? That scared me crazy. I'm like, I want to travel to the Rocky Mountains now, you know, not when I'm 78. Mm-hmm. But what is your guys' version of the American dream, especially with your kids coming up? What's the uh, version you look for for them too? Yeah, I mean, for me, I just, like, like I'm very, um, you know, simple. I don't want, you know, a flashy car or a big house. Um, the things I like to do are cheap and simple. And uh, I just like the the time to do it to, you know, be with the people I want to be with and do the things I want to do. And just to, to have the, the flexibility. I mean, I'm, I'm still working two jobs. Right. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, you know, so I'm obviously not there. I'm sure you have podcasts to guests who are like, Hey, we made it and this is how we did it. And that's not us. Like we are still in the grind, but as, uh, you know, as we go. But even, know, even, like, even like, when you uh, think about, even when you think about like Rick made it, but he's still doing it. It's like, I think even when you make it, you still don't feel like you didn't make it for some reason. I don't know. I like to chase the hunt of real estate for some reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think even, even if we had enough cash flow coming in to just, you know, retire. Right. Um, I, I still think it's fun. I think we would yeah. still be doing it. So, but you know, with, um, the residual income that it produces, I think just having the flexibility to do what you want to, I, I think that's the key there. Right. That's why we're, that's why we're doing it. All righty. All right. Let the people know where they can find you guys at. Um, I know one person on Instagram you might not find, but uh, let, let them know where they can find you if they want to contact you. <laughs> well, yes, I'm on Instagram. It's Mama Burr. Um, Richard. I, I'm, a, I'm a social media yeah, hermit, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I'll put a copy of that in the show notes if you um, okay. want to check out them for the guests. But, uh, Thanks for coming on and look forward to uh, putting the podcast out. All right.